isn't that why it, it isn't the fact that I don't know my audience the reason why we're doing this podcast? Yeah, it's, it's a good gimmick. Uh, it it should it should have been called Read the Room the podcast, really, shouldn't it? Um, I don't know, but uh, yes, whenever we're recording, I feel like I'm talking to just you, as if no one else is listening, and I'm just waiting for the moment in. Um, in the last episode that we recorded, when I admitted to how, that, that I had a sugar daddy before, I'm just mm. waiting for people to reach out to me and like, what? But uh, that is also going to be very good because that will let us understand how many people are actually listening to us. Absolutely. Um, by the way, quick- if my if my mom doesn't um, block me on Facebook, then she doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Generation What podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. We have an extremely special guest with us today. Anita, welcome. Hi. Hi, everybody. So, Anita, um, both of us have met you at various points uh, and perhaps we can, you know, tell any stories that we've got to tell later on. But, um, yeah... Obviously, there's people out there who who haven't heard of you before, so um, maybe you'd like to introduce yourself. Yes, of course. So mostly what I do, I'm on social media and this is how I started everything. And this is where everything, you know, where the beginning is and how I got to do the things that I do today. Mm, And when I say social media, then I mean mostly Instagram and TikTok. And I also am a TV show host for a little show on TV, and I also give courses about social media. So those are the three main things that I do, (laughs) work-wise. So if that's what you do work-wise, what do you do in your free time? (laughs) Well, free time, mostly I like to travel as much as possible. How many? I know like you're always somewhere. Yeah, I've been to 50 uh, different ones, but of course there are many where I've been twice or three times, however many times. Any favorites so far? Oh yes, well, the best and the most, you know, like memorable place is of course uh, Maldives. This is literally something I had never ever seen before anywhere else, but also um that's just a place for vacation but i also like to think i I have like usually two lists one is the list which i you know the countries of uh, where i like to travel to but the other one is the countries where i would also like to live because those are very different and maldives is one of them you know you can have vacation there but it's not very (laughs) very much a livable place so if we talk about living, then Singapore for me has stood out the most. It's like, wow, what they have done there. This is just, I, I don't have another word, just wow. <laughs> What's the appeal with Singapore? I've never been there, but uh, apparently it's like a hotspot for all like very successful people. Like, what's the what's the catch with Singapore? Of course, the people, like you mentioned, there are, are one of a kind. They are very... Very also career-oriented, but also mm, you just feel like all the like-minded people are around there. But living-wise, what I also like there is that you can walk everywhere. It's very small 
And I don't have a car, I don't even have a driver's license because I like to walk as much as I can. And this is just another city where where you could do that very easily. And also weather is another big point because mm-hmm. if you think about like European countries, then they can be fine in the summer and, you know, some are good also in the fall and um spring but winter is pretty much everywhere not good but singapore is all year around very nice i like the nature there and um it's english speaking so just many many good things all together and also the infrastructure also fun fact the id card system that we have in estonia singapore took it over from estonia so Ooh. Yeah, yeah, they are developing very fast as well. That's nice. Nice. Oh, that's awesome to see, like an um, like an Asian country, which we quite frequently perceive to be like very behind on these like digital trends, like uh, catching up with with Estonia, which is like the Silicon, like not the like not kind of like, but is like the Silicon Valley of of Europe. So that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's incredibly cool. I was having this very conversation actually with someone the other day about, you know, places in the world that we would most like to go. Um, Singapore was on that list, but also I sort of thought of, uh, well, Central America, like Guatemala, Honduras, that kind of thing. And Marrakesh came up. Um, I think you've been to Marrakesh or at the very least you've been to Morocco, haven't you? What was your experience there? Yes, I went to Morocco. I went to both Marrakesh and Casablanca. Well, it was nice there. They have so much history. Um, yeah, very nice. The only thing is I went, um, I think, in the beginning of January, so it was a little bit chilly there. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but uh, that was the only thing. But other than that, very cool. Maybe a little bit similar to Egypt, but, you know, more clean and more more European, in a sense. That's the big like misconception with Eastern, not Eastern, um, Northern African countries is that like it's just boiling summers all year round. Uh, I went to Egypt in December hoping that um, I would like escape the Estonian cold winters and everything and which I did. Absolutely. Egypt is still fairly warm. But uh, at one point I was just chilling by the poolside and I was just freezing. I could see like I had goosebumps on my legs and I was like, this is not the vacation that I signed up for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I went in February also to Egypt, and um, it always gets cold in the in the evenings. So mm-hmm. I had uh, this time I was prepared because I I had been there before. I had all the sweaters, jackets, everything with mm-hmm. me. But, I had yeah. a I had a friend. I think she also went in February, and I was like, "Ooh, send us some pictures, send us some pictures." And she was like, "Ooh, we were on a yacht today." I was like, "Ooh, you gotta have like some sexy pictures." And she sends me a picture. She's wearing a hoodie and jeans on a yacht in the Red Sea, and we were like, "It's that cold." And she's like, "It's absolutely bloody freezing. You can't go anywhere without socks." Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I would imagine that probably you've got some big summer travel plans as well. Uh, what What's on the list? Do you know yet? I know some things. Um, I will go to Rome now in, in June, which is, I guess, the most exciting because the other places will be Helsinki, Stockholm and Iceland. So... <laughs> 
So uh, touring all the cold places while they're still tolerable. I, I like that. Um, now, uh, Lise, I know that you've met Anita before, but um, I met Anita first time uh, for the first time, I think it was three, maybe four years ago. Um, and uh, we we ma we matched on, um, you know, famous red dating app, uh, which everyone knows. Um, and, um, and Anita, I've got to say, you know, we, we only went went out for dinner once uh, and that was part, partly for my own reasons, because like afterwards, I, I I kind of read your content and I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, I I kind of I kind of felt a bit intimidated out of um, out, out of asking you again. I thought, well, would she say yes? And I'm not fishing for compliments here. Don't worry, it's a long time ago. But what I can say is that you were one of the most charming people that I actually got to go out with through that app. Um, Excuse and, um, me. Well, I said one <laughs> of. Kidding. I said one of. Um, uh, we, we, we started this podcast, me and Lise, because uh, we went out a couple of times post Tinder and um, had a good time, but not quite good enough to uh, to date for real. But we decided to make a podcast about it. So, um, and Anita, I guess, you know, you were one of, he says carefully, the most charming people that I met through that app. And um, I, I just wonder how important it is for you to kind of be charming and meet people on their level and sort of, you know, um, how how hard do you have to work to sort of keep up conversations? Because you're very good at that. Well, that's an interesting question. I, I um, you know, actually during school time, I was a very shy girl. I never talked to anybody. I only had a few friends and I was you know, even too scared to talk to teachers. Um, but then I started a YouTube channel <laughs> and there I just felt like I can talk to, talk to like nobody, just talk to a camera and I'm not charged and I'm just can talk. And then some people found it nice and, um, you know, started following and then as the time went on, I just, I just lost this, um, how to say, like the feeling of being, being scared. And yeah, but how do I give up conversations? I, I guess you have to be passionate. You have to be passionate about life and about what you do. And, and that's the key because if you don't have this, this like bumping feeling inside of you, then then I guess there will be nothing to talk about. You know what I mean? That's absolutely true. The the other thing I think that you do well, and I'm, I'm not trying to blow smoke up you, but like, um, obviously you know this, men love to be asked about themselves and you are great at turning the conversation back to me. And um, I really appreciated that at the time. So uh, thanks. I, I, th I think I went out there with my ego twice the size it was when I came in, which is always a sign that things have gone well, in my opinion. <laughs> You're so sweet. Oh, okay. Anita, you did the trick. Of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, Stuart. Uh, this may burst your bubble a little bit, but... Um... Burst away. <laughs> um, hello, men who are listening. Um, the next part that I'm going to say may put you into a, a spiral and you may start doubting every date that you've ever had. 
<laughs> but a really good way to get people interested in you is when you leave the date and feel like you knew nothing about that person, even though you've been talking all night. So a really good way to do that is to turn every single question against that person. So if you ask Anita about how she how she keeps up with conversations, she will eventually turn the conversation back to you. So you will end up answering that question. You keep talking about yourself. Everybody loves talking about themselves. And at the end of the date, you will uh, you'll realize that you never heard her answer. And that's what really like keeps you in that conversation and keeps you interested in that person. Oh, well so, done, Anita. So, so it's the Netflix principle of always leaving on a cliffhanger. Not necessarily. Just um, well, it's always also the fact that um, people who who let us talk about ourselves make us feel good. So, not that maybe Anita didn't make you feel good, but uh, it's a really good tactic on on um, how to make people feel good around you is to make you feel good about yourself while they are present. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Where did you learn this? You have very hard questions. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I guess I could, if I had to say something, then I would say books. But you know, books are, there are no books that say like, okay, when he says this, then you say this, or, you know, because there is not, not a single conversation is never the same but um i guess books gave me the the confidence and also social media that's one thing although you have to fight a lot with people who maybe don't think the same way as you and deal with that then still social media in a way has given me confidence and also has given me the people who i can have a conversations with and talk to and and all that together gives me more security about who I am. I would say as well that, uh, I, I mean, I, I have been doing some research. I, I know that you're an avid reader and I know that uh, you you, ha you have read a lot of books on psychology and on, uh, you know, the, the psychology of what makes people feel good, what makes people feel bad. Uh, have you been able to apply any of that uh, into like, you, not just dating, but your, your everyday interactions? Because, you know, your work is about people, isn't it? It's about making other people feel good. Yes, definitely. And I guess the 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 one key factor here is also to analyze a lot. And every action, you know, has a reaction. So just see what the reaction is and make your make your conclusion about it. So I think that helps a lot. And yeah, because every person in the end is still different and you can you can read a lot and that gives you some 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 base for sure but uh, again experience is is what actually makes you makes you sm not i don't want to say smart but makes you um makes you do the right choices when when the mm, when the situation is there but you mentioned before that um, like confidence, it takes a lot to build that up. Uh, when you were in school, when some people found your um, your YouTube channel, did you any did you receive any sort of negative feedback or maybe some bullying? Oh yes, a lot. I think in the beginning it even felt like there was more bullies than support 
supporting people. Um, and I remember how when I posted, I think, my first or second video uh, on YouTube, then um, some of the classmates posted this video in the class group on Facebook and started laughing about it and making fun of it. But, you know, then that was the moment when I thought, you know, I cried a little bit and then I thought like, okay, I would like to be friends with these people, but why should I be friends with someone who is laughing over me? So I just mm -hmm. kept doing my YouTube and that was like, there was no going back at this moment anymore because if I had stopped and tried to be friends with that person or those people, then I would have lost anyway. And mm -hmm. those, you know, would have never been actually real friends. Mm -hmm. So sooner or later, I would have realized that anyway. And then I would have regretted my choice. Yeah. Um, just to be like a real bitch for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, what are these people doing now? The people who, who bullied you? Do you ever check up on them? Do you like, do you know what where they are right now in, in their lives? <laughs> well, I am from a very Sorry. <laughs> I am from a very small town. <clears throat> and, um, well, it is like a small town community still there, which is sometimes funny to look at. And it's like all those very little amount of people mingling between each other and making kids and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I actually don't follow any of those people, maybe a few who are on my Facebook. And I haven't heard of anybody only when asking from some other people people that I still talk to, like, oh, do you know what's going on? But yeah, I, I guess nothing special, really. It'd probably be good to get some tips for people who feel that they're being, you know, either bullied or, you know, that they feel bullied by by something people are saying to them, whether that's at school or in the workplace, because, you know, people always think bullying is uh, someone threatening to fight you or, you know, um, um, saying if you don't do this, then, uh, you know, I'll make life a misery for you. But sometimes it can be smaller and more insidious. It can be stuff like, you know, um, constantly implying that someone is incompetent to other people, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, obviously, we should all stand up to these people, but it's not as easy as that sometimes, particularly not when the office politics is against you. Um, do you have any tips for overcoming those people? I think the one thing that helped me when I was in school was having a goal. And if that goal is really something you really, 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 truly want from your heart, like I really wanted to do YouTube at the time and I... I saw these other YouTubers who had grown big audiences and were doing so many amazing things. And I really wanted to have that for myself as well. So I just thought in my head, like, it doesn't matter at all. Like, I just, this goal is way, way more important than any of those people. And that's what helped me. I guess if I hadn't had a goal, then maybe it would have been just an easy thing. Like, okay, whatever, I'm not doing YouTube then if other people don't like it. But because I had this specific goal, then I kept doing it. That's really admirable to have that strength in you to keep going. Many people don't mm -hmm. don't have that. And that's really sad. I've definitely had times in my life where I didn't feel like there was like any strength left to keep going. But here we are, luckily. 
But a big misconception with bullying is that I thought when I was getting bullied and when I was like maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that, was, oh, when I grow up, the bullying will stop. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It's, um, if not, it gets worse. I'm sorry to dis uh, discourage anybody who, who maybe wanted to hear something um, good, but... Um, but um, the bullying, it may not stop. Um, adults are as much bullies as kids are. And it's sad because you think that adults who have been bullied in the past know better, but uh, they certainly don't. And people have not been that nice to you on, on social media, have they? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I had the same misconception. I thought like, oh, now... School is finally over, it will stop, but now really it never stops. And I guess adults even have better manipulation skills and better ways of wording things and their mm -hmm. opinions. So it might even hurt you more because mm -hmm. it just gets to your brain in a better way. I think maybe the impression I'm getting of Anita is that um, she is a really nice person um to meet in person but that not everyone gets that opportunity and i think i think so social media is a really um, you know social media is literally a filter in some cases and um i think uh with, with without meaning to someone with really really good well-edited content like you have anita can sometimes seem unapproachable without even trying to be do you know what i mean yeah definitely and i guess people can feel also intimidated because, you know, because of the following or because of the looks or because of the articles uh, in media, whatever it can be. But, um, yeah, people are very easy. And it's actually not, um, it's actually not like people's fault either in a way because um, that they have like an impression of me already because your brain will do that anyway. But, I, you know, if you see something of someone you will make some kind of conclusion in your head. But I guess people also are, mm, you know, because that's the one thing is how or what, and what people see about you online. But the other thing is it gets mixed with their own insecurities and jealousy and all the other words, <laughs> their own traumas and their own experiences and their own thinking. So that mixed together I guess, creates this um, picture of anybody they see online that they haven't met. I 100% agree with you. Just today, as we're recording this podcast, I got a very negative compliment on, on this uh, very same podcast. So an acquaintance of mine messaged me, wow, it looks like a funny podcast. Too bad the sound quality is not that good. Whoa. <laughs> And I was like, dude, there's nothing wrong with our sound quality. I've listened to these episodes. We're all like using professional equipment. And I think if we're doing like a half-assed job, it's still going to be like a good enough job. And like, I I sat there and I thought of that comment um, for longer than I was supposed to. Because I was like, I really wanted to psychoanalyze this person for, for why, he, why they said this. And the only reason that I could come up with is that... Um, 
that has to be some of their own insecurity speaking, because no one in their right mind who is happy and content with their own lives would ever say something like that to anyone. And I'm one, I'm pretty sure that this person who said this recognizes themselves and is listening to this podcast. Um, you're you're a a dick. Um, let's just say that. (laughs) Um, but but here's the thing, though, like. If if someone said that to me, um, yes, yes, my instinct would be to go off the rails, like uh, like like you maybe just have a little bit, but I I would kind of breathe in and kind of try and take the comment constructively. But um, I um I I mean I I've I've never taken a degree in production or anything, but uh, I I can say that I do my best. But I am but I am self taught. Um, what what I, what I would ask that person is um, what could we do better? But it sounds like what you're saying is that the comment was intended to be entirely unconstructive. Is that what you're saying? I feel like it was meant to be hurtful a little bit. That's why it didn't hurt. Because that's the one thing that is really great about being bullied as an adult is that you learn how to take it in a non-constructive way if it's not not if it's not constructive. So it didn't hurt. It it would have hurt more if the person would be like hey i listened to the podcast by the way um this is what's wrong with it that would have hurt more but just like seeing this person's own insecurities flaring up i mean that's sad no you haven't reached space but you have had a beer generation what is brought to you by Ullenout. The craft brewery from Estonia brews artisanal beer made from local materials. Unique tasting, with a special blend and strong character. Try it for yourself, including the alcohol-free Kynaken range from ullenaut.ee. That is O-L-L-E-N-A-U-T dot E-E. Enter the discount code GENERATION in the English spelling, and you'll receive 25% off any purchase on the website. Purchases only available within Estonia. There have been many articles centered around Anita Yu being um, just a gold digger or or someone who's just out there, you know, looking to surround yourself with uh, with successful people just for like personal gain. And I hate the feedback. I, I absolutely hate the feedback that uh, that has come off of those episodes. There was one particular uh, reaction to to one of those articles that I recently saw where you said something about like, I like being taken care of. And then you also said somewhere else, like I do really care for my partner. And um, this thing that I'm referencing at the moment, that it just kind of mocked you in the way that you can't have it both. It's either one or the other. And I love seeing you like fire back to these people in like the nicest way possible. And it's not like if someone says like, oh, you're you're a nasty gold digger. You're like, "Mm, no, I'm not like you're just jealous of me. It's not like two negative people just like finding each other. It's just like you just sort of like brush it off. And from from what I see, it's like you could not care less if that comment came in or if if it didn't. And I I love that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I guess um, I, I really want to sort of riff on what we've been talking about, about uh, kind of negative commentary and uh, wh- um, where it comes from and stuff like that. And obviously there, there is never any excuse for ad hominem uh, abuse, you know, um, by ad hominem, I mean like uh, um, a, 
abusing someone about their personality or you know um, just giving giving someone unconstructive criticism but to what degree do you think um it actually comes from the the content itself i'm and i'm not i'm not by any means saying that you are asking for criticism because nobody who puts themselves out on social media is asking for criticism but um on a few of your posts and you you know you can answer for this and sort of uh you, you don't have to sort of tell us what the intention was but like you you have said stuff like you know the kind of stuff you admire in men for example and then you've gone on to, to write about the man without naming him and um it's it's kind of almost been like one of those sort of luxury lifestyle type stories um you know where he was he was willing to pay for pay for the taxis or um, all that kind of you know fly me to stockholm or that kind of stuff and i wonder to to what extent when you make those kinds of posts do you think this is going to invite some negative hate comments uh maybe i maybe i shouldn't or to what extent do you think look you know fuck it i'm just going to publish what i want to and then deal with it afterwards yeah, I think <clears throat> sorry. I think um well, let me think for a little bit. Uh Yeah, I think um not posting is never an answer and never has been my my way of doing things, but of course I can already predict like okay, this video will get it's all it's even a little bit funny. Because um, sometimes I know, like, okay, this video will get these kind of comments, probably something with these words from, like, a man or woman, da-da-da-da-da. And then sometimes I'm just waiting, like, okay, now is it coming, is it coming? And then it comes, you know? So it's, like, at this point, it's more like a challenge, almost. How well can I predict the comments that are coming? (laughs) (laughs) But who are the biggest haters? Like by demographic, are they teenagers? Are they women your own age? No, I think actually the biggest supporters are are women my age. But I think, um, well, men of course are are some haters. But you know, the age is very hard to hard to find out because of course mostly they write from you know fake accounts. Uh-huh. So that's a little bit hard to find out but it's both men and women but as much as i have seen from like facebook comments for example where mostly people are with their own accounts because those are like from or under some media articles that they think that i maybe don't see and i mostly probably don't see but still i have to look for some because i want to also make some conclusion for myself then um yeah mostly women and if women then older than me like 30 35 plus at least such interesting like i would feel like in this day and age we're so used to like girls supporting girls and then to see other women just like attempting to like take you down or hurt you i mean yeah we've we've fought so long for everything that we've built it's just heartbreaking to see yeah, but you know, at this age, if you are 35 and you haven't found the love for your life, you haven't really, you, maybe you feel like you haven't made the right choices in your life, um, you regret some things that you did, then it makes you miserable. And I again, I understand where they come from. This is no not an excuse for them to write like this at all. But 
it just makes it easier for me to you know understand where they come from and just brush it off more easily yeah it really helps your own mental health to understand mm -hmm. that this comes from a place of um, their own despair and not necessarily an attack on on you as a person which which is really not not something that should happen because you are you are wonderful and i i hope people listening to this really get that vibe from you one of my one of my favorite uh moments that i've had with you was this was uh during the end of our partnership i think when uh, we were we were we booked two studio days to to film some pieces of content that we were doing together and uh it was you me and the makeup artist i think this was on the first day of of, of two days we were talking about like thrift shopping and everything and i i think the um the makeup artist that we were with uh commented something about my outfit and i was really proud of it what I was wearing saying like oh yeah this is thrifted like um I was I'm always really proud of the stuff that I thrift because um it's just like finding that uh needle in a haystack and then I said like oh it's thrifted and I, I got like really excited for a second I was like well Anita only wears like luxury brands and like high-end stuff so like she's probably going to like stay quiet and you cut me off mid-sentence and you were like really excited about the fact that oh it's thrifted and then you started to ask you you asked me like oh have you been to this thrift store in telling because like you got some really awesome things there and you you like really got into the conversation of like how cool thrifting is and although you may have a taste for luxury items and there's nothing wrong with that but you're not only like this princess who lives in the clouds you're an actual human being and i love seeing that side of you <laughs> yeah i love i love thrifting and um like you said like finding the needle in the haystack i i i can really agree with that and even when it comes to luxury this is also one reason why i love uh going to outlets because of course you get get the things for a good price but it's just this adrenaline you get you know mm -hmm. when you find something you are searching 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 and finally boom the treasure you know it's mm -hmm. it's very fun and it's like because it's so easy to just go to the store they take, take the thing you they have all the sizes in the regular store and you just take it you buy it but it doesn't give you like this experience mm -hmm. or this yeah. uh, adventure Mm -hmm. I was in Malta a few uh, a few weeks ago, or like a month ago, and uh, I walked into a I think it was Dior. I I may be wrong, a Dior outlet, and you were my first thought. I was like, oh, Anita would love it here. <laughs> <laughs> I I stopped myself um, pretty early on because I know that I didn't have like any any room in my luggage. Um, uh, it was the the trip back with the luggage was already horrible enough, so I'm happy that I stopped myself there. But um, you were my first thought walking into that store. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Anita would love it here." <laughs> well, there, now I know where the next trip should be to. Malta, <laughs> absolutely. Have you been to Malta? No, my dad has, and he was very excited about it. Like, really liked it. Oh, that's interesting because a lot of people have uh, like people have very different opinions on Malta. I found it to be the most adorable little country, and 
I, I don't know if it's a country where I would necessarily live because it's like so tiny. You do not comprehend how tiny it is. It takes you 42 minutes to drive from the furthest part of the island to the other one. So like all trips are like, you can barely finish a song by the time you reach your destination. <laughs> but um, cutest, cutest little island. And But people have said so many bad things about Malta. Like my... Um, my mom, after I got back, she said, like, oh, I didn't want to tell you before you left because I didn't want to, like, burst your bubble because I was really excited about Malta. And she was like, oh, I just know someone who went a few years ago and they were, like, really disappointed that it was, like, really boring. And then I asked who it was. And it was a, a person that we know who just, like, loves to party. And with an island so small, you're not going to have, like, a massive, you know, club scene. So they were disappointed and then I started laughing and I said that that's not something that I look for in a trip necessarily. So if you're into just beautiful views, then Malta is the is the way to go anywhere you look as a postcard. So definitely add that to your list. Okay, have to bring many outfits then for the Instagram posts. <laughs> oh yeah, but not too many. Uh, you have the outlets to go shopping in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm I'm quite excited to ask about this topic, but I'm also aware that it might come across controversially. So, um, Anita, you know, this is this is meant to be your opportunity to sort of um, talk about your journey and sort of talk about. Uh, so essentially, um, all all of our views on everything progress somewhere, and I'm 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 wondering if your view on this particular thing is still the same, or if it has kind of progressed from where it was. Because I was quite traditionalist at one time and I, I think you know as as I'm getting older I'm becoming more progressive on this particular issue so I'm talking about gender roles you you have done some quite lengthy Instagram posts uh, the, in, and you've also done some interviews with I think Urtulet and uh, other uh, Estonian papers where you've sort of talked about gender roles and you've expressed that in your opinion the ideal gender roles are quite traditional um, and um, that the the woman should be able to rely on the man uh, both in terms of what he does and financially as well. Um, is that still a view that you have and has anyone kind of and has any woman trying to progress their way up the work ladder mentioned it to you and sort of said you know is that really your view and uh, do, um, do, do you think do you think that your views have progressed in the last couple of years on that or are they still are they still very much the same i think I, like you like you said that the woman should be able to rely, I think that's uh, definitely true and um, what I still agree with. But that able to means that if she wants to, you know. So if she wants to do a career, totally fine. If she wants to not do the career, then also should be fine. And <clears throat> I think I more believe in... Well, gender roles is like one thing, but the other, like the theory, I, I have to say theory because there are so many ways of thinking and so many ways of, you know, translating things. Um, there are like feminine and masculine energy and that doesn't like necessarily stick to the gender. A woman can also be masculine and a man can also be feminine. And that's up to the two people, how they figure it out in their relationship. But if I am a feminine woman and I care for those 
those um, roles and those things that come with femininity, then I am searching for a masculine man and that's where it comes from that that I, I want to be able to rely on a man if that's needed. Okay, I think you've answered that question really well. Thanks. Um, I was a bit worried how you'd take it, but uh, well, you, you've actually taken it extraordinarily well. Um, and um, I, I was, I was kind of wondering about it. I would recommend this book. That's very well known. Maybe, I mean, not maybe for sure. Some of the listeners have also read it. This, this Atomic Habits, because what it says actually in the very beginning of the book is. It's, it's all about the habits and it's not like if you look at successful people like they had this one moment when they finally or suddenly became successful or famous or whatever they wanted to be. But it's rather all those small little moments that just got, their, got them you know, closer and closer. So to say to any of the successful people like, oh yeah, it just came so easy for you or oh, you didn't really do anything, it's it's never the case. Like, there are just many of those little moments that finally get you where you want to be. And that's Absolutely. so surreal. That's really surreal because, well, let me just preface by saying this, that I don't feel that I'm, like, successful in any, in any way. I wouldn't, like, um, uh, compare myself to, like, people that I view as successful. But um, I think I'm doing pretty well in my life. And I had this conversation maybe uh, a few months ago with a friend of mine saying that, how the hell did this happen? Like, I don't feel like I've really done much in my life to put myself into the situation where I am now. But I've just done things that seem natural to me in that moment. And boom, here I am. I'm happy with my life. And um, I bet there are other people that feel this way also. So it's not something that happens overnight that, boom, you become successful. It's something that you work towards every single day and it starts to accumulate. But at one point, I feel like many people may also feel this way, that you, you sit down, you reflect on yourself and you feel like, wait, let's back up a few steps. What the hell happened in these past few years? Like, how did this happen? Yes, I totally agree. I have gotten this uh, question in some interviews before, like, oh, at what moment did you decide this or that? But it's always so hard to answer. And I always struggled with this question. But then when I read the book, I was like, oh, of course, the answer is that there never was a specific moment. It's just all these little things. And exactly like Yuli said, you are just doing what you're doing. You have your goals and you have you know, the daily tasks, and it just gets closer and closer. <laughs> and it just happens. And it's so weird mm -hmm. that it happens. You just wake up and you feel like nothing has really changed in your life because everything happens so smoothly. And what, at one point, you're just like, wow, okay, I am here. And doing these daily tasks is, is so natural to me. Like filming a TV show and being a TV show host, like, it feels like so natural. And it's... It's weird how it just happens. Yeah, I totally agree. And this TV show thing also, it actually came very randomly. It was just an offer through my friend. And first I even thought like, oh my God, I, I can't even accept it because I have never interviewed anybody. How can I now suddenly do that on TV? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, 
you know then my partner said that come on like you have to at least try if you don't like it you can leave anytime but that would be just stupid not to even try and then i did and you know it's actually pretty cool from what i understand about uh your your relationship with your partner i don't want to get into that too much because i know you respect your privacy um he he seems like a really supportive uh, supportive person like you have he your is. own ventures <laughs> you have like your own ventures and um you're doing your own thing and uh there's no doubt about it that you will be successful even if you didn't have someone um beside you and i i bet he's pretty like really proud of you he is he is actually i think more proud of me than i am proud of myself um yeah that's that's i guess one of my issues also that i i look at my things and they seem like nothing you know to me i'm just like okay well i just did it you know whatever but then he on the side is like oh my god you did that wow that's so great <laughs> and that really also puts it in the perspective and he really is so so supportive and also um you know, of all the things I post online or what I say that can be controversial, he he's you know agreeing and and yes, that's just yeah, it's very nice. I don't know what else to say. I'm just yeah. super happy. <laughs> well, at those times, it's really important to have someone in your corner, just um, ready to support you. And as I mentioned before, you don't feel that um, you've done anything to be that successful. It's just something that happens to you very naturally so that's why you have to have these people um who like pump you up and say that and be proud of you and say that you're doing well in life because at at most times people don't really understand that themselves the, the other thing is um that, that i was just thinking while you were talking about you know taking the opportunity and appearing on tv it, it's it's interesting that you're still so excited about tv because i mean obviously I love TV. Um, I've always wanted to be a presenter on TV, but at the same time, you know, there, there are there are YouTubers walking down the street now who will get mobbed, and there are TV presenters who can walk around fairly anonymously. So, do, do you not think that actually the platforms that you were already on were giving you maybe more uh, more recognition than you know TV ever could in some ways? Yes, definitely. And I also didn't accept this TV job for for the exposure really but more for the experience because you know like you said tv is is going downwards but um just being able to because you know one thing is when you do social media then mostly i am the one filming myself and it's just me alone in a room filming doing my thing but um being able to be in front of a big camera, in front of people, interviewing somebody where you have to, where you can cut things out, of course, but you have to be more representable and have to think things more true. Uh, I think that's the experience that um, I was looking for. Plus, of course, it gives very good connections. You also do some online courses, and I didn't know about this until Lise mentioned it to me, but uh, um, can anyone access your online courses, and uh, what do you teach people to do? Um, right now, I do only physical courses, but um, yes, I mean, it's um, 
Uh, actually, two companies. One company is my own, where I have my own courses, where I'm like the only one giving the course, but I'm also giving courses in another company where it's like a bigger course and has different topics. And then I'm giving one part of it, which is content creation. And um, in some ways, was it more, was it more nerve wracking for you stepping up there the first time and, uh, you know, teaching an, a genuine crowd that was in front of you than maybe, you know, talking to people on YouTube where you can imagine the audience, but you don't have to see them and their reactions? Yes, definitely. <laughs> and um, I guess it was also my insecurity that I thought like, oh, maybe I don't know enough or maybe people ask questions that I don't know the answer to and then I'm in front of the class and I can't go anywhere because if someone asks you something online, you have time to think about it and to at some point answer to it. But in front of a class, you can't. And actually, before giving courses to adults, I'm... Um, I was giving classes like after school um, classes for kids in school, like second to sixth grade and about YouTube. And we were learning with kids how to do YouTube and uh, also the, all the security to be secure online and all the important things as well. And that was actually the first time that put me in this situation. And it was actually one of my friend's um, idea. Do you even start with these kind of um, classes for kids because nobody else was doing it in Estonia and it went very well. Uh, but yeah, that's the first time when I got this experience, but he literally just pushed me into the situation and I had no way to back up or go anywhere else. So I just had to do it and I'm so thankful for him for doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's usually the uh, people who pressure us into doing things that we don't want to do that uh, give us the best results. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> and that's really good to give um, smaller children an exposure to this world and how not only how content creation is absolutely fascinating. I feel like I've said this in every single episode, so please let us know if I'm being annoying. But um, not only to mention about the industry, but talk about the threats with the industry, because... It's it's become a sort of a meme already that um, kids don't want to do real jobs anymore. It's just that, oh, who do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a YouTuber. That's like, it's become such a meme at this point. But um, it's a valid dream, um, I think. And it's really important for the kids to understand that although it is an awesome career, there's so much like threats and risks that go into having this sort of career. So really good that someone is bringing attention to it mm. yeah i hope hope we did something good for the society with it <laughs> is there is there some kind of guiding principle is, is is there something that motivates you every day i'm i'm not talking about you know youtube views or instagram follows or um or, or even financial gain but uh what what is what is the thing that you think people should be motivated by in life um, we touched this uh, topic a little bit that uh, about the gender roles, but I think that's one thing that motivates me a lot. And I actually haven't haven't been talking about this topic for too long online. I think only maybe a couple of years. 
Um, for reference, I started with my YouTube channel when I was 15, so so people would know. But um, um, when I first started writing about this this topic, I remembered the first time I wrote about it, like a little bit longer Instagram post. Then it got so much feedback, and also positive and negative both, and so many saves, and um, there was like a real conversation going and. What I saw from that, it doesn't even matter if the feedback is positive or negative, but um, it was the topic that people really wanted to hear more about and they really felt like this is affecting their everyday life. And that's where I got this information to, uh, not information, but this inspiration to talk even more about this. And... Just today, I got one letter from a woman who I've been briefly talking to um, online. But today she wrote a letter like, anytime, so thankful for you. I have gained so much confidence from, from you. And, you know, your account has been really a big inspiration. And these kind of letters inspire me. And these kind of, when people ask me comments and ask me questions and really... Mm, genuine questions like they really want to know more they really want to better themselves and move somewhere with their life that's what that's what gives me the inspiration to help and to be useful somehow yeah and i i think um although um you and i um d definitely don't agree on all of the principles that uh, that we've talked about tonight um the, po the point yeah, but that's is not even yeah. important you know you can think absolutely how, I think that's also maybe one yeah. misconception about me people think that or not even about me but in general when when somebody you know says their opinion online then people are like oh my god that's person thinks only like this and thinks like wow this is the only way they think it's right but this is definitely not the case i'm just talking about my views my experiences but however and, anybody else is thinking that's totally cool <laughs> and um um and you, you, you know one one of the reasons i like you so much is because you are willing to sit around you know a virtual table in this case and listen to other views and explain your side i i think and um, people have lost the skill of knowing how and when to argue and um i think it's because we don't teach debating in schools actually i think that's that's one of the reasons or you know it's something that they only teach in posh schools or elite schools i, I think everyone should learn that just because someone has a different opinion it's not an attack and you know p particularly in this country that we're all in I, I see so many people lashing out at people online because they think it's an attack on their country when someone says the service isn't great in this convenience store or something. And it annoys me so much because I'm like, you know, just just make the point back. Just, um, you know, I, I mean, the, the point is you can like someone as a person without agreeing with everything they're saying. And I think that's I think that's a really, really positive trait to have personally. Exactly. And uh as soon as you realize that whatever other people think or what their opinion is, yours can still stay the same and you will not be less right or less wrong because in the end there is not really right or wrong, then I guess your life just gets easier and 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 yeah, you have you have less bad experiences in your life. And also when we talked about comments, then 
exactly you should be able to leave comments that are respectful but i guess that's also the way to see the difference between a hate comment and just a constructive criticism is to see if that comment is written in a respective way because if it's respective you know and a genuine question or a genuine comment then you should be able to leave it you know is it positive or negative doesn't matter yeah that's very well put and i guess that sums up this episode of generation what with our very special guest anita thank you so much for for joining us today um i had a blast Stuart. i hope you had a blast and i hope anita you also had a blast totally <laughs> i did very fun <laughs> And um, if you don't follow Anita, then she's at Anita Sibyl on Instagram, and you can also find her on YouTube. Uh, her, her surname is spelled S-I-B-U-L. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, that's it from me. And-